the hype train is and we're like oh my god this is terrible we're uh, so good can we just stop that crap Ireland could win the World Cup let's be honest oh Shane I could no why are we so afraid no. of this OTB AM live weekday mornings from 7.30 on the OTB Sports app the Six Nations show on Off The Ball with Vodafone main sponsor of the Irish rugby team we all belong to the team of us Welcome along to the Six Nations show. Nathan with you this evening. Oh, it's exciting. It's the top two teams in the world in Dublin on Saturday. Ireland against France at 2.15 to look ahead to that and also to look ahead to Scotland-Wales and England-Italy. I'm joined by uh, Grand Slam winner Grace David. How are you keeping, Grace? Uh, you know, week one under us now and in for the big match this weekend. And uh, Rory O'Connor, who's live from the Aviva Stadium, he camps out two days in advance. That's you wouldn't see Jerry Thorney do that, would you? No chance. He just left Nathan. It's a disgrace. He uh, walked out a few minutes ago. He's not a professional. He's not <laughs> hardcore. He's not hardcore. So the Ireland team has been named, and there is just the one change from the side uh, that saw off Wales last weekend. Uh, Dan Sheehan has picked up an injury, so Rob Herring comes into the team. Ronan Kelleher is back, and he's among the replacements. Connor Murray is named. There have been some doubts about his fitness as well, uh, but Jameson Gibson Park out injured. Murray is named to start at scrum half with Craig Casey among the replacements. Uh, so Rory's at the Aviva Stadium, not because he's camping out 48 hours in advance, because Andy Farrell has been there today naming his team within the past couple of hours and uh, doing his pre-match press conference. Let's hear from the Ireland coach who's talking about the uh, importance of this game and also the importance of the home support. They're definitely going to be up for it, aren't they? Everyone's looking forward to this. I mean, we've had half a day off today. I've been walking around Sandy Mount there and everyone's pumped in Sandy Mount. Um, so uh, it's... You know, I wish I was going to the game, walking down to the game with my mates or the family, you know, with the kids, because this is the type of game that everyone wants to be part of, you know, and uh, yeah, home advantage has to be a weapon for us, doesn't it? I think we've, we've all got a responsibility for that. Pumped in Sandy Mount, Rory. The hotbed, that renowned hotbed of hostility. You're there, is that why you're, is that why you're staying in the Viva? You're afraid to go out because they're just so pumped right now? Yeah, they're they're they've just lit flares across the green. They're just uh, yeah, you wouldn't want to be French walking around. It's just a, it's a very um, we were joking about it here. It's a kind of a yeah, it's it's a jarring image, isn't it? But Andy Farrell walking around Sandy Mount and they're all just you know foaming at the mouth for the action on Saturday. But it's uh, he's definitely been on a he's on he's been on a bit this all week. He, you know, after the game in Cardiff, he was like, we need the crowd in, we need the Murdy, we need them behind us, we need them pumped, we need to make a noise because last year in Paris, when they came out uh, to face France and that. You know that game we all remember. They were greeted with a wall of noise, and they it spooked them. It, it spooked them for twenty minutes. They talked about how they struggle with it, and they put loads in last week into dealing with the the atmosphere in uh, the Principality Stadium in Cardiff, and they want to have that inflicted upon the opposition. And and it's been a bit of a consistent message from the Irish camp this week to try and bring the crowd into it, to have a sixteenth man behind them, and to make life uncomfortable for the French. Who you know we we've seen them win a lot of games in Paris and they've won a few big away games as well but the last time they won in Dublin there was no one here so um, let's I think what what he's saying is kind of let's see what they're like when we've got 52,000 Irish people screaming at them um, so yeah if they can transcend that or transform that that Sandy Mount hostility into the Aviva Stadium we'll be doing well uh, there's no doubt of the importance of home advantage, Grace. When you look at Ireland's record, they've won 21 of their last 22 home games, 12 in a row, uh, their joint longest run on home soil. France, though, the last team to come to Dublin and win back in 2021. 
the team news, the news that Dan Sheehan is out injured. Like, it was interesting to Andy Farrell last week about the bus on the way to the match and the possibility they might be delayed. He was almost hoping to be delayed further as it would just be something to throw them off kilter, to test this group and push them in different ways, to get them set for anything that could happen at a World Cup. And even this injury to Dan Sheehan, you're going, oh, he was so brilliant last weekend. You're going, well, actually, this is something that could happen at a World Cup. And Ireland may need to go right down into the depths of the reserves and miss two of their front row, miss Gibson Park, miss Robbie Henshaw. And you still need to be able to survive and you still need to be able to win games like this. Like, that's trying to put a positive spin on, on Dan Sheehan's absence. Would you worry that actually this is one loss too many? I think with the fact that Callagher is coming in off the bench, that's going to be a real asset. I, I suppose the key thing is without um, Tyg Furlong there, we know what a dynamic player he is and how many great carries he does. So when you lose Dan Sheehan as well, then you know we're going to have to get the other players to to get that go forward ball. And and I just you know Herring is very reliable, you know in the line out, you know consistent in the scrum, but it's just that work around the park that dy- dynamic play that Dan Sheehan brings. So I think it will be different. And I think, you know, maybe that's what we need. You know, we need the big ball carries and it won't be as a fast a game. But uh, I think with Kelleher coming off that bench and being fit, that kind of balances it out. I, you know, it w- would have been a whole different story now if Conor Murray hadn't been available, especially with Gibson Park. You know, when you're, when you're starting to go down to Casey against DuPont, I think that would have been you know, a, a real big monster to face. And uh, so I think, yeah, as you say, it's it's the adversity of it. And we could lose these players, could lose them long term. We need to develop. And it was probably one of my criticisms about, you know, the the tour to New Zealand. And, and yes, we, we won the series and that was brilliant. And you're going, but we didn't really develop too many more players. It was great that there was a huge squad there and, and it was great that they played Maori as well and, and got a, a lot of game time. But at the back end of that, you know, we see how Farrell's developing that second uh, string players by, you know, the Emerging Ireland team. And, and he's done it in a different way. And, and that's really stood to us. And we can see how the underage, the under 20s, how well they're doing and, and the Ireland A Emerging, that they can step up now and they can just slot straight in. And, and it doesn't really affect the dynamic too much. And, because that's what you don't want. You don't want heads dropping going, oh my God, we've lost another one. You know, we're really in trouble now. And I, I don't think they will have that mentality. It is still, Rory, a, a huge test now for that front row with Furlong gone, uh, with the fact that it's Kelleher on the bench, with Sheehan not in the squad at all. Like for Rob Herring and for Finlay Bealham together alongside Andrew Porter going up against the might of that French pack and that French front row in terms of concern that you might have as to how they stand up to that challenge is this a, is this a massive blow to Sheehan's not there yeah i think losing one of them is is do is is manageable losing both of them is is quite difficult i mean herring's probably the best scrummager of the, of the the hookers in the squad and he obviously doesn't add the incredible athletic capacity that Dan Sheehan has the song going on out, outside breaks in Cardiff and, and you know searing past wingers he probably doesn't have the the just the power that Ronan Kelleher brings to the party but he but he is a technician he's a really good scrummager he's very good out of touch he's he hits an awful lot of breakdowns he's probably a facilitator he probably allows other players to go off and win the big collisions and, and have the big carries but when you when you're missing furlong as well you're sure, you're shorn of a lot of size there and you're going up against big big operators both from the start and off the bench I do think Grace is right like you, you, Ronan Gallagher coming back does ease the pain of losing Sheehan and I think having him for the last half an hour pre- presuming he is fit and firing and ready to 
to perform. Um, like he's still a world class operator. We were so excited about him before Sheehan came onto the scene. Um, it does mean that Ireland have you know a, a quality operator for that last period of the game. We've seen how good Sheehan's been in the last year. He's been, you know, he's one of Ireland's world-class players now. He adds a point of difference. Even those five-meter tap penalties, who's going to take them now? Who's going to win those yards? Who's going to even, you know, dummy off them? He just, it's one less thing for France to worry about, I think, in, in open play. And that's a that's a bit of a concern. But look, Ireland still have really good players. Um, and if they can play at the pace and intensity that they brought to last week's game and move those big French forwards around, they'll still back themselves to win this game. Mm. We we always focus on the lads who aren't there. Um, naturally, I think, when we see a team being announced. But when you look at who is there, there's still an incredible team full of quality, including the World Player of the Year. We haven't had Sexton in the team for the last two two outings against France. He brings an air, an air of just... Um, calm to proceedings in, in games like this that will be very valuable and back on home soil they still have all the tools there that they can beat this French team yeah it does really bring home the quality within this when you look at the fact that uh, Tyke Furlong has spoken about has been one of the best tight heads in the world we were hearing this week that Dan Sheehan might be the best hooker in the world Robbie Henshaw who's among the best centres in the world not there Jameson Gibson Park who's transformed the way Ireland have played and there is no real sense of panic about those players that are missing now maybe that changes uh, post Saturday uh, Connor Murray would obviously be a blow considering Gibson Park isn't in there it would mean Craig Casey will come in you guys are usually uh, very well sourced Rory and when you see the stories come out on Wednesday night of injury doubts that generally means on a Saturday they're not on the pitches is Murray a different case? Yeah, it's not an injury. It's uh, it's a personal matter, and okay. uh, he informed Andy Farrell as far as I'm aware last night that he would be available to play. And I don't think they would have named them if they didn't think he would. So it looks like Murray's going to be okay to play. All right, well, uh, that's good news for uh, for Murray and for Ireland. Uh, let's hear again from Andy Farrell then, uh, who was talking about France. Uh, they've named an unchanged team, and uh, they've been a bogey side for Ireland. They've beaten Ireland on the last three occasions. Here's what he had to say: I think they're a fantastic team. You know, I. I was actually speaking to Fabien Galtier um, at the launch, you know, I've congratulated him on what was, it wasn't just an unbelievable year for him, was it? I mean, he couldn't have done any better. Um, you know, going unbeaten and uh, playing the way that they've played. And, you know, I think uh, it speaks volumes for where, where they're at at this moment in time. And I think the, the coaching staff there and, the, and, and obviously the backroom staff and, and the players alike have, have got something really going in, in French rugby. French rugby in general, I think, is, is, is buzzing at this moment in time. We've all, we've all seen that. So, um, But I think what's been very impressive about them is, is the, the temperament. You know, they've, they've, uh, um, they've got a plan A, B and C and maybe a D as well. And, um, you know, when, when things have not been going their way, they've always found a way to, to, to win, certainly over the last 12 months. So in that regard, um, any type of victory against a side like that is going to be a big performance. It didn't really feel like they had a plan A, B, C or D uh, last weekend, France, but the general consensus seems to be that they were run hard in training the week before they hit that game. They always knew they'd have enough against Italy, uh, albeit uh, there were moments towards the end where it looked like they might get caught and that it'll be a very different team that emerges this weekend. Is, is there any possibility that last year was the peak for this side, that they just got there a little bit early? Or actually, are we going to see the real France come Saturday afternoon in Dublin? Who, who yeah, you want me to answer that yes. one, Nathan? I, I, like, you know, they're just 
there's a reason they've won so many games in a row. You know, they don't always, I think Joe Schmidt used to always say, you know, it doesn't have to be a, a pretty win, you know, but they still won against Italy. This Italy team or have a point to prove. They've beaten a lot of good teams recently, but yeah, like they're allowed a bad game. They didn't play the best. They kind of fed off the scraps of uh, the Italian team, throwing the ball around the 22, getting charged down for that early try. But when you look at the players, you know, you know, player of the match last week, Dupont, Entomac just sitting back and just popping over a, a cross field kick to score. Like it's just, they have so much skill set. They have so much size. Like even the size of their pack, like it's 944 kilos. You know, these is, this is going to be a team that have a point to prove. And I think they will be slightly scorned after being in Italy and they will want to come and, and make sure that they get that second win. Uh, I have no doubt that it'll be a real different team. We know we've seen Wales last week and Ireland getting opportunities in defence. I think it'll be a lot more physical against France and it'll be a lot more difficult to break them down. Uh, so I think it's it's going to be a huge battle and they're definitely not peaked too early. You know, they have that depth and strength and, you know, they still have a couple of players to come back and we see Cross come back in on the bench there. So uh, I think they haven't lost it just yet. Uh, Rory, obviously having Sexton back, having missed the last two games against France is huge. In terms of where Ireland can get at them and can change the rhythm of a game compared to the last few encounters, like Stuart McCluskey was talking through the week saying you can force mistakes out of them. There are mistakes in this team. You just have to stick to your game plan. Don't let them get momentum. Get on the front foot. Like, it's cliched enough stuff, but is there is there some basic fundamentals that Ireland can revert to that they've missed out on in the last games against France that will actually keep them in it until the very end? Well, if you look at the three individual games, like the, the 2026 Nations decider in an empty Stade de France, Ireland were nowhere near the, the team they are now. They were still very, very early stages of their development. It was almost at the end of the old team rather than the beginning of the new. And we had Sexton coming off, um, throwing his toys out of the pram when he was replaced by Ross Byrne. In, um, you know, and, and it was just a disaster of a night. A year later, Sexton wasn't playing, or not a few months later, Sexton wasn't playing. We had Billy Byrne starting. I think Jameson Goodhart was was having one of his first kind of his first Six Nations start for Ireland. Um, um, empty stadium France weren't great Ireland were worse it wasn't brilliant um, I think last year is the beginning of this kind of what we're seeing with these two teams now you know like France were excellent Ireland were excellent but Ireland didn't start that game you know it was mm. one of the few games in the last 12 18 months that Ireland w- went into themselves and what that's consistently been the message from Andy Farrell has been we need to be ourselves and when he says that what he means is he wants them to start well impose their own game not be cowed by an atmosphere or by the size of the French players not allow themselves to be knocked off kilter by the French kicking game not be you know, run into the, the brick wall that is Sean Edwards' defence to be intelligent, to make the right decisions the way they have. And again, last year, Sexton wasn't there and Joey Carberry was there. Like Joey Carberry, Billy Burns started the last two games. Neither of them are involved at the moment. It's, it, they've been ditched essentially on the back of some of, you know, some of these performances. So I think this is a, this is a chance for Ireland to impose their game on this French team to play the way they played in New Zealand last summer, to start well, like we saw last week. And while I do don't think France have fallen off a cliff by any means, I do think it's impossible to sustain the performance levels we saw in 2022 all the way through to the World Cup. I think you're going to see a trough at some stage. It's not going to throw them off. They're still going to be one of the best teams at the World Cup. But if they've entered into a little bit of a lull, if they're trying to fiddle around with some selections, they're missing a few key bodies of themselves. I think Jonathan Dante's a massive loss. Cameron Walkie's a big loss. Even Villiers 
was so influential in the breakdown in last year's Six Nations. He's not there. Uh, Demortier, who's come in for him, is, is a much more traditional winger. He's not going to win a breakdown turnovers. Dante is such a phenomenal force in midfield. Um, my fan is a lovely player. He's just not as impactful. He's not a, as he doesn't get down and dirty in the way that Dante did. So they're lacking a little bit of what brought, made them great last season. They're still very, very good. But I don't think Ireland feared them in the same way that they would have feared the team last year, particularly at home. I think that Paris factor can't be dis- discounted. Um, and Ireland, for all the France, have won their last fourteen in a row. Ireland have won their last twelve games here at the Aviva Stadium. So. There is a lot in Ireland's favour that they can kind of, a lot of comfort that they can draw. Plus, they have an excellent bench that they can call on in the end game as well. They have a lot of experience. We saw that in Cardiff. So, um, there's, he's built something Andy Farrell over the last three, three years. And, and there's been a bit of pain, particularly against this French team along the way. I think they feel like they're ready to, to, to get one over this French side. And it would be pretty handy considering the two teams could meet in the World Cup quarterfinal next, uh, October. Everything Andy Farrell asks of this side, Grace, it feels it gets the response and the attack that we expect from the opposition, he's able to nullify that and turn it into a positive for Ireland. So last week, everyone's talking about the Gatlin factor and the fact that Wales and the atmosphere is electric under the roof and Cardiff and these guys are going to come roaring out of the block because this is what Gatlin does. And actually, within two minutes, Ireland's got their try and they're the ones bringing the pace and intensity and they reduce rails in that first half an hour to a bit of a rabble and it doesn't look like Gatlin has been near the team at all. The way he's gone about that and the flexibility he has in terms of Ireland's style of play, it, it was mentioned on Wednesday Night Rugby last night, of they've retained the basic fundamentals that Joe Schmidt brought to Ireland, but the flexibility that he brings, that they can kind of tackle any opposition, whatever their game plan is. Do you see this Ireland side, whatever France has been able to bring, that they have it in them to manage that on the pitch and, and bring bring whatever it is is needed to tackle the, the French attack? Yeah, like, you know, we've seen a couple of errors within the Ireland defence. You know, we see Ringrose working his way around the corner, getting quite narrow, and then managing to catch bigger on the turn. We know we've seen James Lowe get that intercept last week, but he was actually quite outnumbered, and, and Wales didn't really do the best with it. So I think they have to tighten up on those wider defensive areas and make sure they get up. But I have no doubt, you know, they know they can drive teams back. We know Italy were able to notify them. There's no reason that Ireland can't do even better and drive them back. And I think that will drive that French defence under or attack under huge pressure. When they're going back, they're not used to that. They'll end up kicking. But it's not like kicking to Italy where they are afraid to kick it back. It's, it's a case that, you know, you're kicking to Keenan, who's player of the match last week and a real threat, you know, attacking for Ireland, going back into that. So I think Ireland has such a, a versatile attacking style. We have got that cohesiveness within the team now where we have the forwards connecting, we have them driving through and they're making gain line and they're actually really easy to play off and we're coming and moving and Ringrose has been on fire then. So you're, you're moving out wide with Sexton control and all that. So I think Ireland's attack can really stand to this French team. And I think Ireland, yes, crossfield kick, we know that that's going to be a threat. So I think make sure that we have our width in our defence, but nullify, come up hard, chop them down early and, and get drive them back. And I think if they can do that and put them under pressure and not give them that momentum. Obviously, we see key last week for France. You know, Italy were giving them momentum with mistakes and then France were losing it again with penalties. And I think that's going to be key this week is, you know, if France give away a lot of penalties or if they sort that out, which I've no doubt Sean Edwards would have been 
go mad at them and and that will be eliminated this week. And if that's the case, then it's going to be a struggle of possession and, and, and Ireland just holding off and and biding their time and having that patience when they are defending. Mm, it, it did really feel that game last week. There was just a general level of sloppiness from both sides that, that France sort of accepted and knew they'd always have enough to get through. Uh, Rory, when we're talking about uh, the French kicking game there and you can get away with things against Italy, Hugo Keenan, I assume now, is at the level that teams are really thinking about their kicking game and his impact and trying to nullify his impact. Like His performance last week was just brought him to another level completely. Yeah, he's as safe as houses, isn't he? he just... Um you know that he's going to be in the right place at the right time and make the right decision when he gets there. And that's such a cause of comfort for this Ireland team. And and on, on both wings as well, like James Lowe's left-footed kicking game gives Ireland such a weapon in terms of clearing their lines. And, and Mac Hansen, I don't think we've really tapped into the counter-attacking potential that Mac Hansen could bring to the party when he feels the ball. So it's... Um, there's a lot of like you know France have a really intelligent kicking game they brought in Vlock Siliers a South African kicking coach a couple of years ago to to kind of transform what they do in that area and they've been probably they've kicked the ball more than any other team in international rugby and they've probably kicked the ball better as well but Ireland will be up there in terms of the quality of their kicks they've got tacticians like Murray and Sexton I do think it's it's one of those kind of unheralded parts of the game that's going to be really really key on Saturday Um whether France are spooked by the fact that Keenan is so consistently good and, and France have gone with Thomas Ramos who's a creative player you know very experienced himself but I thought Jamine really fit what they were doing last year and he's out of the team right now whether Ireland can have a little bit of an advantage there you know it remains to be seen certainly that back three combination for Ireland looks really dangerous and in mm. the last 20, 10 minutes in Cardiff last week when they got Hansen's hands on the ball and he started offloading you know, they've barely got James Lowe into the game at all last week. If they can if they can get those two in and involved early on, and if France bring them into the game and they decide to counter, then you might be getting onto something. And Rory, they can also fall back on just a brilliant set piece at the moment as well. Like Garland's line out stats are uh magnificent and getting better and better it feels uh, over recent matches as well that it's, like, it is very hard to identify a weakness I know everyone and all of our build up all week it, the scoreline seems to be getting bigger and bigger and wider and wider in favour of Ireland uh, we are right to be confident yeah, but I think like that set piece excellence is predicated on Dan Sheehan having the the best, the most accurate throw in Six Nations history. Um, he's that's according to Opta, he's the top thrower that they've ever recorded. So he's out of the game. Herring's very good, but again, he's he hasn't started the last couple of internationals, and um, that's a doubt. And France will apply pressure. They have big men. They've got three big back row forwards. They've got a six-two split on the bench. They will bring a lot of pressure at boat line out and, and, and scrum time. They'll go up in the air and contest and make life really difficult for Ryan and Byrne. When it gets down, Ireland just, I mean, when, when you're mauling, obviously there's a lot of technique involved, but you're trying to shift Winnie Antonio and Paul Vilemsen. They're like both 140 kilos. That's just hard to do. So there is, you know, they, they have really effective set piece. They have a really effective game, but they don't often come up against teams as good as France or as big as France. So it's a real test for how good this Irish team is. And we all know they've been brilliant in the last year and that New Zealand tour stands alone and will always stand alone as an achievement. And the South Africa win gives us confidence as well in what they can do. But this is another level again and, and that's they've they've knocked off everyone that's put in their path so far. This is the one they haven't done. This is the only team they haven't beaten the Andy Farrell era. Uh, look, I don't, subscribe to the idea that Ireland will win by 15 points as I did listen to the show last night I think that's a bit of a stretch and Sheehan's absence probably narrows the gap but I do think they have the quality to win it and the game plan and the belief and the home advantage so you know I I would be edging towards an Ireland win maybe not by 15 like Andy Dunn said last night but maybe more 5 
Andy Dunn is like John Giles. He's just always right with these things, Rory. Just roll with it. Roll with it. Okay, we know it's correct. Uh, Grace, give us your prediction. Yeah, I think it's going to be really close, like two points, three points. I, I don't think it's going to be a huge score. You know, you look over the last couple of years, what was like six points last year, it was two points the year before. So I think it's going to be really close. But I I, I do believe that Ireland have the mentality and, and the strength to, to take the win at home, especially. And, you know, they're geared up for this and they're going to want to make a statement before the World Cup. So I'll say Ireland by two. All right, we need to take a quick break. We'll talk about the other couple of matches. You're watching the Six Nations show uh, with thanks to Vodafone, main sponsor of the Irish rugby team. We all belong to the team of us. The Six Nations show on Off the Ball. With Vodafone, main sponsor of the Irish rugby team. We all belong to the team of us. Welcome back to the Six Nations show. Grace David and Rory O'Connor alongside me. Loads more build-up to come over the coming days to Ireland against France. And we will have Andy Dunn and Stephen Doyle at the Aviva Stadium with full coverage of the game on Saturday afternoon. Also on Saturday at Murrayfield, Scotland will be looking to follow up that victory against England at home against Warren Gatland's Wales. That one gets underway at quarter to five. Uh, Warren Gatland has responded to that defeat by making six changes. Uh, Alan Wynne-Jones, Justin Tipperick, both out of the squad. Toby Faletau dropped to the replacements bench uh, Grace I guess Warren Gatland he didn't get that initial response he wanted and as Brian O'Driscoll said I think 8 of the team that started last week he'd played against it. he's been retired for 9 years he does need to develop new players and now that a championship and the instant impact isn't really going to happen he needs to develop some of these players quickly so he's going to have to make these changes yeah, and he just has to bite the bullet. It didn't work. You know, yeah, Alwyn Jones in there, you know. Yeah, obviously Ken Owens is staying, but you have to start putting them. We've seen the likes of Dan Sheen getting in, and then we see the likes of Conor Murray getting game time. We see, you know, Ireland and the chances that Craig Casey is getting and, and Burns. So that's what you need going into a World Cup. And Yes, it would have been great for Wales, for Gatland, if he had got off on a win. But as you say, it didn't work. They were off the pace. They were off the mark. And, you know, Ireland just dominated everywhere. So I think it's right. And it'll keep that Welsh team hungry. The fact that they're getting dropped, you know, obviously the back line, there's not too many changes there. But I think um, give them game time. It's going to be crucial, I think, because Scotland are really going to be chasing that two, a two out of two. They want to be consistent. They want to make sure that they can drive, especially at home, and, and get two wins on the trot. So it's going to be really tough for them. I think Scotland will really put it up to them. But you know what? Get minutes under your belt. Get an opportunity for these young guys and, and see what they can do. Rory, hard to blame Gatland that short notice to go for the tried and trusted, the players he knew who had brought him so much success. Now that he's making these changes, is he facing a, a grim reality that maybe the current crop of Welsh players are not like the generation that's gone before? Well, I think he's finding out that the generations that have gone before, sorry, the generation that went before is no longer as good as it used to be because mm. he could pick most of them last weekend. And I, I think it was Brian Driscoll's on earlier in the week. He played against nine of the team that played against... Um, Ireland and he's retired since 2014 I mean that's crazy stuff and it just shows I think the folly nay not folly look I can understand why they made the decision to get rid of PVAC things weren't going well and it's the same with England but this close to a World Cup with so few games it's so hard for a coach to find 
um, the formula that he's going to need when it comes to the tournament itself and like it just shows why Ireland and France are in such a strong position you know the stuff we talked about with Ireland and France it's it's fine tuning at this stage it's it's two really really strong um, and Scotland are the same um, boat as well they know what they're doing they're just trying to find the, the last few bits whereas Wales are scratching around looking for a team and I think he had to go for younger players he had to go for energy he had to go for a bit of power Chris Una from um, Exeter Chiefs he just gives you something different he gives you an engine you know he may not be the, po- the finished article he may not be as polished as some of the players and experience but he will give you energy from the off and like Wales just when I saw Ken Owens crying in the anthem and the noise in the, in the principality last weekend I generally feared for Ireland Within two minutes, they were gone. You know, it, it just the whole energy had been sucked out of the room. You could tell that they just weren't as good as Ireland. They didn't have the legs for it anymore. And those players battled manfully, and they had a. They've all had great careers in red, but you got to mm. move on at some stage. Uh, Scotland fans should be going into this with a huge amount of confidence, but they've been here before. They always lose to a Warren Gatland managed Wales side. And also, they started the last two Six Nations with victories, and then were beaten by Wales in the second game. Like, this is. This is actually the game that could truly bring them to another level where there is a consistency in a World Cup year. But they got to actually go and do it, Rory. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we've, we've been here before and they were brilliant. Like, I mean, it wasn't a perfect performance by any means. But it was a great win and they should be... like. I think most teams would roll out of Twickenham and hammer Wales based on what they did last week. But I think we've all learned never to trust Scotland, um, particularly in week two of the Six Nations on the back of an England game. They're better than Wales. They're better in nearly every department than Wales. They've got a an incredible array of attacking talent they've a strong pack they've added Xander Fagerson to their starting team as well he's their best tight head prop um, they've got dynamic forwards they've got you know game match winners like Duan van der Meer I don't expect him to be soaring from his own halfway line this week but he could still break games wide open and yet can you trust them can you really back them to go and do it again like if they do it sets things up so nicely I think they've got France in round 4 and Ireland in round four, sorry France in round 3 and Ireland in round 4 um, you know I don't see a slam in this team, but really they should be, with the quality that they have, they should be pushing for at least challenging for titles and they haven't been able to back up their big wins over England in the last couple of years. So that's the challenge for Gregor Townsend and it would be uh, just Ireland's luck that they discovered that formula just in time for the being in Ireland's pool at the World Cup this year. Uh, Sunday then, it is England against Italy. Uh, the way Kieran Crowley was talking ahead of the tournament, Grace, I think everyone's quite worried for Italy, but obviously... Uh, pushed France all the way last weekend you got to expect there's going to be a response from England Yeah they're going to have to you know they'll be really hurting you know three losses in a on the trot to Scotland in Twickenham you know they'd be hugely disappointed with their um, performance obviously a lot of changes coming in there you know Boric not getting much time with them but you know they have the experience they have the quality of players and they will want to put in a performance against Italy. And it's the same sort of thing with Scotland and, and Italy. It's like, will Italy back up that performance now? We always see, you know, how to get tired as the Six Nations um, progresses. And the fact that they France first, yes, they were fresh, but like that was a big, huge physical game for them. And uh, they pushed it so close. So they'll be really hurting after that as well. And, you know, it's going to be interesting. Team's not out yet, you know, for England, whether they mix it up, you know, do they keep that uh, 10-12 partnership? Is Farrell still in there? You know, how much changes, you know, do they make and is it going to work? And if they bring in loads of changes, you know, it's kind of like Wales, you're going to lose that cohesiveness. You know, you want to kind of keep building as the Six Nations go and, and get used to each other and 
and make small tweaks rather than huge big changes. So uh, it'll be really interesting to see. But I've no doubt that England will lift it up a level and, and take Italy. All right, that is Sunday afternoon. As I say, we've got loads more build-up on OTB AM tomorrow morning, across tomorrow evening show, and into Saturday as well. Grace Davitt, Rory O'Connor, thank you as always. Thanks, guys. No worries. Just to let you know as well that as main sponsors of the Irish rugby team, Vodafone are offering a small business customer the opportunity to display their brand on pitchside advertising during the Ireland-England match in a few weeks' time. As well as that, if you're a small business owner who knows a rugby fan between the ages of 7 and 12 who'd love to be a mascot for the Irish team, Vodafone are offering that once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. The mascot will meet the team and walk out with them at the England match. To enter for either of these opportunities, check out Vodafone Ireland's Twitter or search vodafone.ie forward slash business. The Six Nations show on Off The Ball. With Vodafone, main sponsor of the Irish rugby team, we all belong to the team of us.